The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, let's start the insanity. <laughs> Giddy up. New York Bozo! Yes, will I make it through the show without spilling bourbon on myself? We shall see. One of those disappointing wins. That's the words of Aaron Rodgers in his uh, on-field post-game interview. The Packers pushing past the persistent Panthers tonight at Lambeau Field. 24-16 to was the final score. I am Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, uh, this is the APC Podcast Rapid Recap Show. Two schlitz to the wind. That's what we are here right now definitely and i am joined uh a trio this time some familiar faces first by tex western how are you man well i uh yeah i i I don't even know that that game was that second half was something to behold just a damn good thing that there was some some good play in the first quarter or so and um yeah i i was drinking a little bit by the end of the the second half (laughs) (laughs) uh we are also joined uh, by uh, someone who's forever bummed that we're not doing this on Discord. Sorry, Matub. <laughs> His name is Matt, but you can call him Matub. How are you, man? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm the only sober person on this show. Actually, I'm three three sips in. There, normally, your post game deal is a is a brown alcohol when uh, when the Packers are victorious. Um, yes, sir. Tex and I have carried the torch here for a couple weeks, and and we came ready to party here. And what are you drinking? What's going on here? What is this? Okay, so so Tex and I actually discussed this pre-show. Um, I was I was really craving a beer, so I found a loophole. I'm currently drinking a Dragon's Milk Reserve. So it's a, uh, a beer from New Belgium, not New Belgium, uh, New Holland. <laughs> yeah, New Holland. Thank you. I, I get my I get my new European <laughs> countries confused. <laughs> uh, it is aged in a bourbon barrel, so it is a brown liquor esque mm. and and that beer is as dark as the day is long mm. you know well we'll have to run that up the chain and, and see <laughs> see if it flies um i, I support it but you i'll know, allow it's, it it's it's not <laughs> up to me i mean we could also not call this my victory whiskey and i could still just go like take a quick little nip ah, you're and, fine. and call it good uh, this, is, this is no peer pressure environment i'm just i'm just razzing you all right well um we are toasting, I guess, but it's it's not the jubilant tone text that we thought we'd be striking uh, when we were planning this uh, thing around halftime 
The game started, of course, touchdown, 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 bullseye, awesome, just falling asleep, watching a, a total blowout. Uh, then after that, punt, 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 field goal, punt. Uh, fast start, but Carolina defense clamps down. Tex, I was led to believe that the Panthers defense was pretty, pretty bad. Uh, they clamped down, sacked Rodgers, I believe, four times. What the hell happened to this offense in the second Oy. half? Um, man, the offensive line forgot how to pass block, I guess. I think that's probably the biggest thing mm-hmm. that, that I took away from that second half. Um, Brian Burns, pretty good player. Um, you know, a yeah. lot of Packers fans wanted him in the draft last year instead of Rashawn Gary, and he had a pretty pretty solid game. Um, one, one, two sacks, two sacks, I think. Um, but yeah, Lucas Patrick had just a, a awful day at the office and, um, the Packers just decided not to throw the ball deep at all, which was weird. So yeah, kind of a weird Lafleur game. Um, Aaron Jones was really good and then they didn't give him the ball a whole lot in the second half and yeah. it just seemed like everything kind of just was very difficult to understand. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, Aaron Jones and and uh, as well Matt Lafleur. Is it a is it a game plan thing, a play calling thing? What did go happen there? Because I believe that Aaron Jones had something like 112 rushing yards in the first half, and he finished with 145, which is a great total. But uh, when you do the math, that's not a lot of production there in the second half, and his name did not get called a lot. No, and the the running game was really effective in the first half, and Carolina's run defense does not. You know, it is not particularly good. Their pass defense hadn't been particularly good either. So, um, you know, those first couple drives in the, in the third quarter, it seemed like you know Jones was kind of an afterthought. Um, also, the Panthers particularly not good defending uh, pass catching running backs. And I would have practically sold my soul for a screen pass somewhere along the line in yeah. that third quarter, especially yeah. when, you know, after a drive or two, when the offense hadn't been getting anything going, um, that would have been, you should probably specify a screen pass to Aaron Jones. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are correct. A, a screen pass to a running back rather than a smoke screen to a receiver. Thank you. That, that definitely needs yeah. clarification because there were way too many of those damn plays yet again. So yeah, that it just, it, the, the usage was weird. He, I know he finished with 20 carries, but it felt like, you know, that, that it wasn't a consistent workload for him throughout the game. And yeah, I was just getting a little frustrated by the end of it because it just didn't seem like things were clicking. Matub, uh, smoke screens to a receiver on the outside for, uh, getting ankle tackled for a one yard gain. What's not to love doing that like six times in a game. Come on. You know what I love is, is when it's very apparent early in the game that the Panthers biggest strength is their DB's ability to catch or to, uh, to um, tackle so what we do is we make the dbs <laughs> tackle <laughs> but to be fair with the panthers d-line eating the o-line's lunch the whole game you can't really dial up deep shots they only did once and mvs uh kind of faded his route a little bit too much so what are you gonna do yeah Tex, what was the what was the read on this Carolina defense coming into this game? Because um, I hadn't heard lore of their like wondrous pass rush coming into this game. I mean, you mentioned some guys, but Zach Rogers four times, five times. I think yeah. it was four. 
but they were creating a lot of pressure. And even early on when the Packers were doing well, they were still generating a lot of pressure. It's not at all what I expected. No, not at all. And no, the book on Carolina's defense was that they were not good really in any facet of the game. I think they came in 27th in adjusted sack rate. And um, Brian Burns was like the only guy with more than 10 pressures this season, I think, on that team or some, something ridiculous like that. So, um, yeah, and it, it wasn't just him having a good day. I mean, he he beat Bach a couple times pretty badly. There was one where he just had a tremendous bend and just dipped right below a like a, a, a shoulder level blow from from Bakhtiari and got around and, and got a hit on Rodgers. But. Um, it was again, it was Lucas Patrick getting eaten alive through much of this game. Um, it kind of calls into question what the best five lineman really is on this team. Does John Runyon belong in that mix? I think you can make the, mm. the argument that especially after this game that uh, he deserves a little more playing time moving forward. Yeah. Uh, let's switch sides. Um, talk about the defense a little bit. I expected a high scoring game, honestly, with Carolina having kind of a sneaky, efficient offense and quite publicly, as we've discussed, a bad defense. Um, but it was just the opposite. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't give, you know, I, I like to uh, uh, drag Patton, uh basically every week on the show. It's 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 uh, it's a bit of a pastime. Pretty much any Packers podcast, I think <laughs> it's a pastime to drag Patton. Um, but, uh, you know, giving up 16 points in this game, I think, is is really good. Uh, I thought the pass defense was really, really good. I want to give a shout out to guys like Amos, Savage, Sullivan, all having pass breakups. Amos having a couple, I think. Amos had a pretty great that diving one that was a surefire catch. Um, the, well, the Packers, I think it was, um, was it Paul Badger Noonan who posted the Teddy's like expected completion percentage versus his actual, his expected was like over 70 and his actual was 45 at one point. So yeah. Yeah. The, the defense was playing lights out when there was one sequence where three, three plays back to back to back, there were pass breakups. I think it was Amos Sullivan and then Amos again. Uh, to force a punt and I couldn't tell you the last time the Packers got defense got their hands on the football on three plays in a row um, and and yeah. broke up three straight passes that was a great sequence and they were good in the red zone again um, I think they held the the Panthers to one out of four uh, one touchdown on four opportunities in the red zone so um, hats off on the, on that one as well although granted now that I'm Speaking thinking about it one hand- of them was also the one where they just kick that field goal as soon as they got into field goal range uh, right before the two minute warning. Yeah. So I don't know that we really can, can count yeah. that for the defense. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of it, your hands on the ball, uh, Chris Matumbo Barnes yes. shout, <laughs> shout out for poking the ball out on, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little reticent to call a, a QB sneak from like the half yard line. Um, a foolish call, but when you you expect Teddy Bridgewater, old one knee Teddy Bridgewater to jump over the line to get a touchdown, but big props to Barnes for knocking that out and Kevin King for scooping it up. I remember very specifically pre-draft on SB Nation back when Matt Ufford was still part of SB Nation. He talked about Teddy, I think, like people were talking about Teddy as a, as a dual threat quarterback and Teddy had something like a hundred rushing yards in his college career. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder why he would get categorized <laughs> as. Mm. Why, what why is it did, about? Uh, why did Teddy Throwsevelt get that? Get that moniker? Uh, ooh, I like that. You've you've never heard Teddy Throwsevelt? <laughs> no, dude, I say it all the time. Uh, I'm running the wrong internet circles. He, he had a he had a pretty effective game rushing the ball in the, in in this game though. Um, I think he had four carries, twenty six yards, and a thirteen. One of those was a thirteen yard touchdown. Um, moved the chains a couple times and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly the Packers weren't keeping a spy out for him because you don't expect him to to really hurt you with his legs. But um, yeah, he's got a, just enough wiggle left in in those knees and those ligaments that are still intact. That uh, um, yeah, he he hurt him a little bit, and that that touchdown was I mean was a nice run. Granted, you know the middle of the defense parted like the Red Sea, but um, yeah, that was a that was a frustrating sequence as well. Yeah, here here I am giving Petten props, and those particular plays were ones where I was like, ah, Petten, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. Uh, wiggly knees, huh? That's, <laughs> that's what we're going with. <laughs> sure, why not? Hey, fun fact. Uh, I just looked up Teddy Bridgewater's athletic profile on Mock Draftable. If you search by athlete comparison, he is 99% Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> huh. If you search by QB, Patrick Mahomes is not even in the top ten. So I don't some, understand how some of, the, some of those comparisons that they have in there just just don't track. I, I it's it's hilarious. Like one of the funniest ones is DK Metcalf. Nobody is within like sixty percent of his athletic profile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's fun. so DK Metcalf is interesting because had he not run the the three cone or the, any of the agility drills, he would have been bang yeah. on Calvin Johnson. Hmm. <laughs> hey, actually, to loop it back into this game, uh, I looked up DK Metcalf. His number three comparison is Brian Burns. Well, there you go. <laughs> two sacks tonight. Huh. huh. So DK Metcalf with two sacks, one one unblocked. <laughs> as long as we're going with non-sequiturs here, at, le- at least to bring it back to the Packers, um, what was that personal foul on Devontae Adams? What was that? <sighs> what happened? I heard he uh, he accidentally kicked Chin in the in the hang down. Oh, gotcha. In the hang down. Oh. So yeah, when, when I was watching the replay, I thought maybe it was because he kind of chucked the football uh, in, I don't know, excitement or frustration or something, but that would make a yeah. lot more sense. Yeah. So yeah, chin caught him from behind. And apparently when he got up, he stepped on his, his bajangles. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch those bojangles, man. Sorry guys. I'm, I'm drinking an 11% beer here. Yes. And this is the first, bit of alcohol i've had in a week so we're doing great we are doing great we're doing packers in the third quarter great right about now (laughs) (laughs) wonderful um yeah no i had some uh, i had a couple friends uh, who wondered if if maybe there was like some trash talking going on and i'm like pretty sure that his mouth guard was in the whole time so i just didn't know what happened at all wow look at the big flex from zach with the friends (laughs) (laughs) all right it was my dog Sonny is a great friend. <laughs> Can confirm from personal experience. Oh yeah, I think he nipped at your uh, your heel a little bit there. Yeah. He's a healer. That's right. <laughs> um, punt versus touchdown ratio. Watch where do we stand there? This was not a great oh, game for no. that. Um, uh, punt versus touchdown ratio lost this game. Yeah. It lost in the third quarter. Yeah. So what's the? Do you have a total in front of you or no? No, I just saw Zach Cruz tweeted. Um, the exact punt that killed the ratio and it was um it was sometime in the third quarter yeah also aaron Rodgers with i believe that's a 
yards per attempt below five in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Again, pretty, pretty, um, yeah. no, really no downfield passes at all. At one point they said his average air yards per attempt was like 4.6 at some point in the second half. It was four, it was, it was four or five. Yeah. Six. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do we attribute that to? Is that a game plan thing uh, on the Packers side or is that um, for some weird reason, Carolina having a secondary in one game? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, update from Matt LaFleur as of 55 seconds ago, uh, according to him in his post game, probably got away from the run a little bit too much. <laughs> probably. Well, the, I, I think part of it was that they didn't seem like they used a whole lot of play action in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't feel like that was as big of a portion of the game plan as it normally is. And that's where they hit on a lot of those, those deep shots and those big plays is, you know, you suck up a safety, get him biting on the play fake a little bit. And you, know, you create some room over the top or, you know, you get the the tight ends going on some deep crossers or something like that. And there just really wasn't any of that in this game. And it's it's been such a big part of this team's identity this season that it it just confuses me that that wouldn't be something that they they would use. Now, the one the one time late in the game that they did use it was on that third down um, when they're trying to pick up a first down and, and kill the clock. And, you know, Rogers gets taken down for a sack by an unblocked Brian Burns. Um, yeah. So I, I was actually calling for for play action on that second down coming right out of the two minute warning. I thought that would have been the ideal time to to give it a shot. And then, you know, if if it's not there, you know, get Rogers on a bootleg. And then if it's not there, you have him run for a couple yards and slide and keep the clock running. But, um, yeah, that that whole sequence, um, you know, right around the two minute warning at the end of the game. Um, I would have liked to have seen a play action pass on either first or second down instead. Did you see my my play call beyond play action on that second down? I did not. I said that was the perfect time for a flea flicker. <laughs> well, they had ten they, guys they in had, the box. Yeah, they had ten guys in the box. Could that's the that's the when that's when you do a flea flicker. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, flea flicker, let's talk about how. There were a number of ways in which uh, the Panthers actually could have won this game if they were if they were just a little bit uh, better, including um, I don't know the timing of that trick play near the end of the game where they where they, <laughs> they tried to get Bridgewater running out in space and he just like collides with his uh, his wide receiver and and, and and can't make a play. I, I don't know what Matt Rule was thinking. Um, I don't know if he was just getting a little too crazy there at the end of the game because this team has nothing to lose or or what. But it, it's you know it's not like they weren't moving the football. Um, they hadn't yeah. scored a lot of points, but they were moving the ball pretty well. So yeah, yeah, why you feel like you need to to resort to that when I mean Carolina outgained Green Bay three hundred sixty four yards to two hundred ninety one in this game. Um, yep. moving the ball was not the the issue. Um, so I don't know if it was a thing of a factor of they hadn't had red zone success and they felt like they needed to try something a little bit different or, or what, but yeah, that, uh, that was, that was a little ugly, but a couple of those plays too, there was, there was a couple of end arounds, reverses and things. And I thought the Packers actually did a really good job of sniffing those out and kind of staying Agreed. home, um, yeah. on some of the, the jet motion and some of the end arounds and stuff. Yeah. Um, though I, I, I just think that the Panthers, uh, their receivers dropped a lot of easy balls. I think Bridgewater threw 
uh, a couple ducks as well. But I really think that um, a few of those plays go a different way. The Packers could have easily lost this game. And this is a team that you should plaster. So I guess as we sort of round third base on this podcast here, I'm wondering if we're at all worried based on how this game uh, ended up going going down in, in the second half. Are we worried as we so head into the rest I, of the season? I question. I question. You, we say that the Panthers are a, are a bad team, and they should have been plastered. The Panthers have had one-score games against other good teams. Fair, fair point. So I'm looking at the Panthers lost by 10 to Arizona. They lost by three to the Saints. Arizona is quietly a bad team, though, but I'll, I'll oh. keep going. I don't want to yeah. see okay, Kyler so, Murray in okay. the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Well, that's fair, but that's because we have Mike Pettin. So, correct. <laughs> so, okay. So, so ignoring the ignoring the Arizona score, um, Kansas City needed late game heroics to beat them by two, and um, they only lost by a field goal to the Saints. So, like, they're they're hanging around with good teams. All right. So maybe I don't know, but no, so you're not of those teams was up by 18 at any point in those games. So the Packers uh, want to win out to to uh, cement the number one seed, and you are not worried based on the outcome of this game. The, this game doesn't worry me as much as as it's worrying everyone else. I'm still not happy about it, but I'm not ready to fire the front office. I still want to fire Mike Patton and Sean Manenga, <laughs> but that's just my brand at this point. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the first 20, 25 minutes of this game was everything you expected to see. Um, the offense was clicking. It was, you know, it was moving the ball with some chunk plays. Um, the defense was was doing a great job. And then it was just kind of, it, it felt like they were beating themselves a little bit. There were some drops. I think Devontae probably had two that better be classified as drops in this week's uh, analysis. Yeah. Um, and just a few mistakes in execution, like the again, the receiver screen to Lazard where Bob Tanyan is matched up against a cornerback and lets him slip by his block and, and tackle Lazard for a no gain. You know, that play, if he gets his block, that's actually blocked up well. You get two guys on on two tacklers and Lazard, you know, should have a, a pretty free release to at least pick up a first down. So there were some execution issues. Um, if they can get those cleaned up, I think that you know that the offense will be fine um tennessee's defense is no better i think than than carolina's is so i I expect that uh, the packers will will have a better offensive performance throughout the game next week um i i just kind of can't help shaking the feeling that you know once they got up big they kind of just thought okay we're gonna coast the rest of the way and they you know they were able to to hold on for for a win and you know, in, in a situation where, you know, they just kind of took the, I, you know, they took the foot off the gas and, yeah. um, you know, and just coasted a little bit. So no, no more break, no fucking break here, Matt. <laughs> I've enjoyed the, the, did you mean to continue the, the car analogy throughout that entire sentence? Yeah. Okay. I was like foot off the gas coasting. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm following this. <laughs> He just, you know, he just found his lane and he was in cruise control the whole way. <laughs> he really steered the conversation. <laughs> That's what Oof. I appreciate about you guys. <laughs> yeah, really, is that what you appreciate about us? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I don't know. I got nothing else to say about this game. 
it, this was this was okay. Actually, as a matter of fact, I, I keep following the live quotes from the presser, and I think that Matt Lafleur said it absolutely the best that anyone can put this. You'd rather come out of this with a win and have stuff to clean up than be on the other side of this thing. Yeah, yeah. you know the 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 thing that I, I I'm thinking about that though, and 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 Tex, I was thinking about this as as you were talking too through your through your car analogy, but you know the physical stuff the the execution stuff like you can like yeah you can clean that up but as well i think that they just took the foot off the gas and 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 coasted and not just from a coaching perspective but also from a player perspective yeah. and that's the thing that worries me down the stretch going into the playoffs is is a team that gets a little bit too comfortable when they start doing their like i love gold and all this stuff they're up you know 21 to 3 whatever and i don't know i feel like we've seen it a couple times and i'm a little worried about a little worried well, about what it. if what if this is not a bad game by the packers but a great game by the panthers in second half adjustments what if the Packers knew early on that they weren't going to be able to take many deep shots because for whatever reason, Lucas Patrick forgot how to play football. And so what if this is, this ends up being this tale of rule knew how to make good second half adjustments and the Packers just tried to continue to play the game that made them successful in the first half, but they just couldn't execute because the Panthers adjusted to it. Well, uh, we're talking about, I don't deal in hypotheticals. So, uh, No, I think uh, both things can be true at the same time. Look, I'm oh, I'm almost done with my beer, so I'm I'm incredibly <laughs> optimistic at this point. And we're almost out of show here. Tex, you have any closing thoughts based on that? Uh, I, I'll I'll go in a different direction and just mention that I think it's very interesting that Chris Barnes now appears to be the starting middle linebacker, and uh, Tom Silverstein has gotten his way this week. So. Hmm. Um, LaFleur mentioned it a little bit this in his postgamer uh, here again this afternoon or this evening that um, they moved Kirksey basically to the will linebacker spot. So um, it sounds like Barnes is probably the the mic for, you know, for the next next week. And um, you might be seeing him you know dominate the linebacker snaps. And, and I thought he played pretty well for the most part. I mean, again, he had that tremendous Dikembe swat of you know, of, of Bridgewater at the goal line, but he made a couple other nice plays in the running game as well. So it's been fun to watch him um, start to develop a little bit and get a little more playing time. Yeah. He gets up the field fast. It's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Do you think he plays with an eye patch? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Oh, did he get, he got poked in the eye. What happened? That's he's listed as questionable with an eye. Ooh, questionable with an eye. That's uh is that better or worse than out with a fractured throat? <laughs> if you didn't say it, I was going to. <laughs> you know what, though? I have escaped my morbid curiosity. I never Googled that. <laughs> I'm still saying. I, I still don't understand how he was able to call out protections for the rest of that game last week. That that blows my mind. Could yeah. you play with a voice box? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Anytime anything is uh, lacerated or ruptured or uh, punctured, um, that's 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 no good. But throat, it's usually the like the action word that creeps me out. But throat is just I don't know, uh, <laughs> just gives me the willies, man. <laughs> no thanks. No all right, thanks. Well, I think uh, I think that is a show as we are all 
uh, at the tail ends of our drinks and our evening here, depending on what time zone we are in. I'm going to move my finger closer to the outro music on my board here so I know exactly where it is, at the APC pod on Twitter. Follow us there. Matub, you are on Twitter at? At Call Me Matub. And at, uh, at Tex Western? Yes, sir. I always forget that. At Zach Rapport as well. Uh, subscribe, like, steal your grandma's phone, subscribe to us on there. She'll never know. Um, tap that five-star review button real quick. The Packers emerge victorious, a disappointing victory, according to Aaron Rodgers, as we hit the outro music. 24-16 at Lambeau Field. Persistent Panthers. You like that alliteration, guys? I thought it was good.